Welcome everyone to another Mere Mortals book reviews recap. This is it indeed. Welcome one and all. So what is the recap? Well, this is the portion where I go over the books that I've been reading in all of November. I go over what might be coming up in December and I'm also going to be diving into the boostergram. So let's start off with that. What are the boostergrams? What is value for value? Well, value for value is a model where it's a way of you supporting the show. So instead of me putting things like a paywall so that you have to pay to get into and access the content that I'm putting out because I don't believe in that. I think my content should be accessible anytime, anywhere to anyone who wants it. Uh, I'm not going to also be putting things like advertising because personally I hate advertising and I feel that I would be doing a disservice to you and a disservice to me by selling out and chilling out. But I do put a lot of effort into these sorts of book reviews and things like that. So value for value is a way of you supporting me. And the way I really want to do it is trying to get uh, the, the value loop so that you can go back into it as well. So I could simply put up a, you know, a Patreon or a PayPal or something and say, hey, send me something there or a Bitcoin address, whatever it is. But I prefer the method where I can interact with you and can get feedback on the show at the same time. So not only is it the monetary support that's really appreciated, but it is also the the value that you're giving to the show because you can participate in the show. And so you can do that through Boostergrams. The easiest way to do that, I would say, is go search Mere Mortals Boostergrams, the actual main podcast that I have, and you can understand how you can do that. So uh, with that being said, I would just say, if you go to newpodcastapps.com, search up the value for one, and then try out some of the new apps, Fountain, uh, Podverse, Podfriend, uh, Breeze, Castomatic. There's a couple of really good ones out there. So the Boostergrams that I've received this month, I have three and it's from one of our biggest supporters here on the Mere Models. It is Pitar, Pitar the Slav. So he sent a Boostergram saying, accurate assessment of Heidegger. It's always been my opinion that one who truly understands a thing can explain it plainly. This applies to all fields, including math and science. So he sent 100 sats using Fountain. Thank you, Peter. I agree with the sentiment that Heidegger is obscure, obtuse. He doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, someone who truly understands a thing can explain it plainly. I even think I said in the in the book review that quote from Einstein, which was goes along the lines of like, you know, he who can't explain it clearly doesn't doesn't know it essentially. And you know, the the question I have from this was, did Heidegger do this purposefully or is it just a manner of what he's talking about? And then also, I feel I've been a bit uh, deceived, duped in a way in that Heidegger is said as to be one of the greatest philosophers of the, of the 20th century. And I thought it was poetry, to be honest. Like what I was reading there, the, even the way the, the translator put in the introduction was, you know, Heidegger's words have a more of a philosophical bent to them. They have a more uh, flowery nature. They're not intended to be read uh, particularly well. And, you know, this is moving away from the fact that it was also said in German. And then when you're translating to English, you lose something in that translation because the nature of German has certain characteristics and it flows differently than when you read something in English or in Spanish or in Russian or whatever language. So uh, I, yeah, particularly including uh, math and science. Well, he was talking about things which weren't particularly math and even though it was the question concerning technology, 
he didn't really talk about technology much in the sense that we use it nowadays, i.e. tech in the sense of computers or the advancement of tools to be able to allow us to do things. He, I don't even think he ever really specified what a, a technology is. You know, he would probably say something like language is a technology and that the advancement of a certain idea is technology or something like that. All in all, very obscure. So, uh, I I agree I agree and I'm I'm glad you it wasn't just me coming up with that. Another one which was uh before 40 I'd agree with Rousseau and after 40 with Hobbes. So this was in relation to the book um Humankind a Hopeful History by Rutger Bregman which I did in October. And that book was posed in the sense of Hobbes versus Rousseau. So is humankind in nature generous are we giving are we good in nature or are we more cruel animalistic and what temp what does society do to us does it make us better and take us away from this cruel nature that we have or is it actually degrading us and making us worse to each other uh this is interesting interesting before 40 i'd agree with rousseau so this might be the the human uh, uh i guess naivety you could say innocence when you're when you're young and then after that you're you're more along the bent that we're we're cruel and and whatnot uh this probably also aligns somewhat with political parties which i believe is generally when you're younger so sort of 20 to 40 you are more believing of altruism more socialistic you want to to be more giving and whatnot so you're i'd say you're more liberal in general although in australia liberal funnily enough means right wing in a way so um you're more uh, along the labor side of things if you're listening in australia and then after 40 you, there's a noticeable trend to people becoming more uh, republican right wing or liberal here in australia so that, that could just be a a temperament thing that as you get older i mean perhaps it's more to do with wealth accumulation as well although that's not with human nature maybe you just have more opportunities to see the world and negative effects impact us more more greatly than positive ones so if you have a lifetime full of 90% you can see me trying to explain my own reason why Rousseau is is more better here Uh, maybe a a lifetime full of you know 95% good things but those 5% bad things if you have enough of those they'll they'll stay in your memory more so when you think of human nature you think of the five times the ten times that people have behaved insanely cruelly or with you know malice with a lack of empathy versus all the good times in life who knows it's fun to debate these sorts of things anyway the last one uh, so that was 200 cent using podfriend and then the last one from peter again so all three were from peter was i always thought niche was fairly insightful until i listened to this podcast now i realize he was kind of an idiot a lot of the time thanks 500 sets sent using fountain ah yeah it's it's funny because he he does you know especially if you're listening to someone like jordan peterson who was saying he was super insightful niche was one of the greatest philosophers and whatnot and Maybe, maybe I'm, I, I'm going to say 90% sure at the moment that he is not living up to the hype that I had heard of him. I got to admit, I've only read one book of his that was Beyond Good and Evil, uh, but that didn't do much for me. And that is supposedly one of his easier, most accessible works. 
once again, you could say, oh, you should listen. And Peter actually suggested this on our Discord channel. Maybe you should uh, listen to, no, it wasn't, was it Peter on the Discord? Could have been one of the, the comments on YouTube um, or it also could have been Peter. <laughs> he, he's, no, it was Peter. He suggested, you know, go, maybe it's worthwhile going to some of these places and watching like someone deconstruct it so that you can understand. And it's like, oh, okay, well, I get it now. I get what that person's talking about, but then it's like, okay, this is secondhand knowledge again because someone else is deconstructing it. I want to be able to read it from the person, from niche directly, and then get the insights. I, if it requires three levels of people explaining it, then someone debating it, and then someone adding something else on top of that, I don't particularly see the use in that. So uh, I'm, I'm going to say, yeah, 90% sure that <laughs> he was crazy, insane, maybe had some insights, but one of my favorite quotes from him was in the book Beyond Good and Evil, which was, you know, um, if you look into the abyss, the abyss gazes back into you, which I think is a really deep insight into human nature and and how your own thought processes can change. And if you're focused, if you're fighting something, that can somewhat wrap itself up into you. A fantastic quote, one of the best of all time. But it was just that. It was just one quote. He didn't have anything else about it in the book. This was just in his maxim ses- uh, section. So that was disappointing in a way because I thought, man, th- this is a fantastic quote it must have a lot of explanation behind it. I want to read that explanation. But no, it was just a a one-off random thing. So uh, thank you for all those boostergrams, Peter. And for those who also want to be included in the show, this is how you do it. Send in a boostergram. doesn't particularly matter the amount. And I can read them out in these book recaps at the end of the month and expand upon your thoughts. And, uh, you know, it's a way of me interacting with you directly as the, the audience member participating. I really love these sorts of things. So, with that said, let's go on to the actual book recap. So, there was four coming out. Once again, I mentioned this the previous month that I'm reducing down my reading. I, I just don't have the time to do two book reviews every week like I was doing. So, we've we've cut it down to one book review a week and uh, one helps out obviously as well. So, for me, I'm reading about three to four books a month uh, at the moment. We'll start off with June. So, June by Frank Herbert. This was just a prescient one. I, I was gifted it uh, in or borrowed it from a, a friend of mine, Brendan. And th- with the June movie coming out, obviously, it was like, oh, okay, maybe I'll read the book before I go see the movie, uh, which actually still has not come out here in Australia yet. So, uh, I have not yet to see the movie either. Uh, I gave it a 7 out of 10. I really enjoyed it. It's a, a sci-fi classic, a, a cult classic, really. It has a huge following of of people. It's ranked up there in terms of Lord of the Rings as being one of the best sort of genre world creation novels. And uh, I, I, I quite enjoyed it. I thought the, the characters were really fascinating. I actually really enjoyed that it didn't have technology so much in it. It was more focused on the the world creation and yes it had elements of spaceships and things like that but it was more focused on on the the earth the inhospitable nature of arrakis and the the worms man i just there's something fascinating about these huge gigantic creatures and humans interacting with them i I love it i think that's why people like movies like jurassic park why we're fascinated with dinosaurs and elephants and whales and just these behemoth creatures it's it's uh 
something that's so dwarfing of the human and even though it's only you know maybe 10x times 50x times the body weight of a human it's still fascinating to to hear about these things so i really enjoyed june i would recommend it would i read the full series probably not i i liked it but i didn't like it that much (laughs) to really dive into but you know who knows maybe in the future I'll, i'll not be looking for ideas so much more and be more in an entertainment mindset and if that was the case june and the june world series would would probably be right up there the next one is niche so beyond good and evil i gave this a three and a half out of ten so the books i read this month uh, didn't really do that much for me to be honest niche is just really hard to read that was uh, i'm gonna say hard to read because heidegger was really hard to read niche was hard to read there was moments of insight there, but not only was it somewhat obscure in a way in that the book was written in very short, par- it was essentially page by, you know, two page rants, rants, just continual rants going on. And so they weren't a coherent string of when I've been thinking of philosophy, I'm like, oh, a philosophy would be someone who starts off a book and they say, this is my general outlook on life or Maybe even in reference to another book, they can say, this is what I, my thoughts were on this subject, on this subject, this is what I think, this is the ground base level of why I think this, and then I'll explain it. So if Nietzsche had a a problem with all the philosophers before him, hey, that's great. I'd love to know why his reasons of why he thinks everyone else is wrong. He provides them, but not particularly either. It's more... Uh, sort of like takedown culture, bam, this is what I think of Kant, bam, Schopenhauer said this and he was an idiot. And it just didn't really have the the logic behind it. It was more the emotion behind it, uh, which has made me think like, oh, I, okay, I've this is fine and all, but I've just read a book of rant, rants. I haven't read a book which has a real coherent philosophy, uh, a, a build up to the structure of what his ideas are. Um, the only section maybe is like the free spirit. He had some ideas in there, but the bulk of the book was him just complaining and it's like, oh, well, whatever, this isn't super helpful. So that was my thoughts on Beyond Good and Evil by Nish. The next was Martin Heidegger, the question concerning technology. This wasn't philosophy, this was poetry uh, and it was incomprehensible. So for those of you who can read it, And those of you who understand it, kudos to you. Uh, I'm not taking anything away from that. But for me personally, I shouldn't have to try and deconstruct every single word. And it's just the sentences, man. I I gave a couple of examples there where it was a sentence and I I believe it was purposefully designed not not to be coherent. And now what is the reasoning behind that? Did he want himself to just sound smart? Did he want to make the audience really think? Did he want to, was this the only way to express an idea? Was he trying to express something deeper than the actual words itself? It's more the feeling that comes out of his words. There's there's plenty of different interpretations. So I don't claim to be a mind reader, especially people who are long dead. So I'm not going <laughs> to impart motives onto him. I will just say the effect was the book was not fun to read i could barely get through it so i gave it a two out of ten is what it is the last one was Juan's book which was the tattooist of auschwitz by heather morris 
I didn't even particularly, he gave it a 7 out of 10, so he seemed to enjoy it. I didn't even particularly listen to his book review. I, I got through probably about half of it. And I think my problem with it was it just had this, I, I, I don't particularly like books which are half truth, half fiction. I feel there's a there's a blending, there's a merging to that that makes it worse off for me because I can get the impression that this is true and I can't get in between the two. I think I need, it's sort of like the uncanny, uncanny valley with robots. Robots are really great up until a point and then when they're too human-like, but you can also see that they don't have the little micro movements that we have, the tiny uh, stops, the starts, the things that all these humans do and when they're too perfect, but not perfect enough because they're not, getting those tiny little elements, that's when it's weird. And I would also argue the same for for books. When they're half truth, half fiction, it it doesn't bode well for me. I I don't particularly enjoy it. So um, another one of this was uh, I was listening to an AI-generated voice of Adam Curry. And this, so a deep fake voice. And I had to turn it off because I was like, this is too convincing it sounds too much like him. I know someone's just writing in his responses and they could just say whatever they wanted. They could say he worked at this university. They could say he did this and that. And I just don't believe my brain is powerful enough to recognize that these things that are being said here are not true. And that if I ever spoke to him in person, which I, I hopefully will be in a, in a week's time, then it's going to have a detriment to me because I'm going to think he said these things, but he actually didn't. So uh, that's what I sort of think of these half true, half half fiction books. I've read some of them before and I've, I've never particularly loved them. So, um, but that being said, if you're, if you're into knowing more about Auschwitz, if you're into tattooing, if you're, if you're into those sort of half truth, half fiction books, you'll, you maybe enjoy it. And I believe Juan has read the second uh, the follow-up of this, which he says is more fictitious um, and I won't spoil his rating, but I think it's slightly less than than what he gave on, on this one. So that is the, the book uh, recap for November. What's coming up for December? Well, I can tell you I am almost finishing reading The Portrait of a Lady. So if you are into Henry, Henry James and his style of very like, deep into the minds of the characters what they're thinking feeling in intuit intuiting i guess of the other characters these subtle glances where a, a glance between the characters takes five minutes of reading to to impart every minutiae of what they actually interacted with without even verbalizing it's interesting to say the least whether the human brain works like that i somewhat doubt but it's a it's a fun read anyway so that uh, there's probably going to be some more philosophy books if i can fit them in they're they're fairly chunky so i'll just have to see if i actually have time to fit them in um and then there's also a couple of listener suggested books uh so those are the ones where I said in the past I wouldn't particularly be accepting listener suggestions, but now because I'm reading so much um, and I actually enjoy them. I enjoy what other people enjoy and I, I feel as long as it's uh, someone who's somewhat connected with me, I'm not going to take a listener suggestion if they're 
across the other side of the world, they don't care about me and they're just like, you should read this book. But if it's someone who listens to the book reviews, they enjoy what I, my perspective on things and they have a similar one maybe, or if they think, oh, Kyron could potentially find this interesting, I'll give them this. So uh, I, I did receive two of those, so I'll probably read at least one of them. Um, and yeah, that's it. Uh, so if you want to do that, send me a boostergram through your favorite podcasting, new podcasting app, podcasting 2.0 app. And once again, I, this, this show is supported by you. I, I love doing book reviews. I love reading them. I love doing these things. But real life has a way of intruding in, especially the money side of things. So it really is appreciated and it helps me continue on uh, if you can show some support in whatever you value this show as. Did you, we've been going for what, 20 something minutes now? How much would you value 20 minutes of a Netflix series or of a movie or whatnot? Is it five cents? Is it 50 cents? Is it $5? Is it $50? You know, whatever it is that you want to contribute, I really do appreciate it. And I think we'll leave it there for today. I do hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are in the world. Kyron out.